0: Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 136 with my friend, Brett Jordan. Oh man, I haven't seen Brett in so long. I am so excited to see him. We, I'll tell you what, I did minimal editing on this because I enjoyed our tangents so much. And I think you guys will hear the joy that we had in them and, and, and giggle along with us. So I'll let you get to the giggling. And without further ado, Here is my friend, Brett. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. Yeah.
1: So this is my first time ever doing something like this. Welcome. Not going to lie. A little nervous. A little.
0: Well, I can assure you there is nothing to be nervous about. Um,
1: Oh, that's yeah. Until you start asking the questions and I start giving answers, you're going to be like. No, you know, what's
0: going to be fun is given the time that we have known each other, especially like when we were like 12 years old, Mm -hmm. 11 years old, um, I imagine we're just going to go off on a lot of tangents. Probably. (laughs) Well, so, you know, as a
1: kid, I had like ADD and never I have that as an adult well, that me too yeah it's great <laughs> um i uh my oldest uh got medicated when he was about 11 years old okay. and part of the process is you have to take this huge assessment the parent both parents do and yeah. the teacher takes it to the doctor and the first question the doctor asks is okay which one of you has ADE? <laughs> i was like yeah that's me and he's like well are you medicated i was like no i just kind of get by and my my wife at the time was like uh you know, you should, uh, you should go see a doctor. I'm like, nah, I'm a man. I don't need to see a doctor. She's like, just go see a doctor. So she actually set everything up. I went in, got put on Adderall and it's like night and day difference. It it's like, it makes life so much easier. I can't believe how, how much I've been missing. Cause I'm struggling just to yeah. pay attention to everything going around me, you know?
0: Yeah. Can I tell you, I, so same, <laughs> first of all, um, the beginning is my favorite part right now, specifically with you. Cause I start with how I know people and I was reflecting on this. When you, when you reached out to me, I was very, I was very excited. Uh, and we can dive into that, but, um, you were my first friend at Clarkston, uh, post elementary school. Cause my, I've talked about this on the podcast a billion times, but my, uh, school board has changed. So it was literally me and two other kids went to Clarkston, and everyone else I knew went to Sashama. But we were in Boy Scouts. Yep. So oh. you were like, I remember, like have this very vivid memory of like sixth grade orientation, and you like showing me around this, like introducing me to people. I met Lewis Burstein that day, and probably Sean. Well, no, maybe not Sean Warwick. I didn't meet Sean oh,
1: yeah. Warwick until um, second semester, I want to say.
0: Okay, but what? I. I just like you were, you were the only person I knew and and I knew you from Boy Scouts, um, which is a whole other thing that like, I always forget I was a part of yeah. until I'm like, why can I sew? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh right. Okay. I remember. Um, <laughs> so that's where we met. And uh, I guess, I don't know, as adolescents do in and out, like even yeah, though we
1: hung with the same groups. Yeah. And- I,
0: I have memories of hanging out with you in like high school and like, uh, 2000 new year's 99 2000 i remember being like either at your house or your neighbor's house like there was a barn party um for new year's eve
1: well okay hold on hold on so if it was new year's eve barn party uh 99 it would have been meredith roses yes um because her grandma they had a huge uh, property on dixie highway yeah and her grandma had a barn that was turned into a house
0: that's but, i associated with you because you were dating her i think yeah Um, Yeah, me and Chad, like, hopped three parties that night, which is, like, very strange for us. Yeah, that... (laughs) that, (laughs) Well, when you guys got to high
1: school, though, especially that, like, 10th grade, 11th grade, you became a lot more popular. It's the
0: fucking announcements, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, I mean, you, like, everybody knew you, not just the announcements, but you were very social. You were hanging out with a lot of different groups.
0: That time period of my life is almost like a black hole
1: <laughs> that was actually going to be one of my disclaimers coming into this is there's going to be a lot of things in high school that you'll probably remember that i don't oh so um, then
0: uh, we might just skip over because right? i don't uh,
1: no, i high school what yeah. happened I, I just graduated it's no big deal <laughs> yeah i
0: realized a few years ago that i like my entire life is based on the validation of other people like it was a save survivor skill cause I could not do it for myself. So I, if I could make you laugh, if I could entertain you, whatever that was, I'd be like, Oh good. I can like sleep tonight. And I think that was like turned up to fucking 11 in high school. Yeah. And so like I have a, I, I think I put it away cause I was trying to clean up down here, but I have a whole fucking bin of VHS tapes cause I used to walk around with the camera constantly, like all junior and senior year. And I watched some of the shit and I was like, like I know it exists. I know it happened because I have literally a fucking video of it. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. And this was before I smoked weed, before I drank, before. I, but it's it was literally just, I need this validation so strung out on needing that, that I like couldn't even be present for those moments. And I have zero recollection of them. Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of very strange, the, uh, the last thing I'll say in our association is uh some of my best friends moved into your childhood home. I, I know that
1: was so amazing <laughs> though i was
0: like huh i think i've been in here before
1: <laughs> um yeah because it, it was my dad's house and uh you know it was a wedding gift from his parents uh so the year before i moved out uh well it was within within that year i was getting everything packed up and i had a random knock on the door and it was people I've never met before, and they were a little bit older in their thirties, and I was in my you know early twenties. They're like, "Yeah, this is a house we grew up in." I was like, "There's no way you guys are not that much older than me." Mm-hmm. And I like I literally was born in that house, so yeah. I'm like, "How?" But anyways, you know, shown them around, and then you know, fast forward to five or six years ago, That's funny. and I I you know go to see the house again, and it, it felt like I was like a reversed roles for a moment, yeah. like I was that person that grew up in this house and almost, you know, I don't know. It was kind of full circle, but it it was amazing seeing the house because there's a lot of memories and a lot of uh, feelings attached to that, yeah. you know, a lot of emotions, but um, it was bittersweet, you know?
0: Yeah, I have a Zillow alert for my childhood home over on Snow Apple because that's like the second that thing goes on sale, I know about 10 <laughs> relatives. I don't know if I want to buy it like part of me does. I don't think my wife does, but I uh, – I'm definitely like calling my realtor friends and being like, uh, schedule a showing.
1: You're right. <laughs> I'm going to bring a
0: ladder. I'm pretty sure I have some playboys hidden up in the basement. <laughs> We're going in. Uh, I'd be so curious too. Cause, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you remember much about that house, but there's a back room past the family room that my grandparents added on around the time we met. Probably. I was still playing with GI Joes, maybe a little before we met. Um, But that was, it's just this huge room and there it had its own furnace and like, if it had a kitchen, you could live back there because there was a bathroom, but you had to go outside to technically get to the bathroom or through the house. It doesn't matter anyway. But uh, my whole childhood was like, this should be like a game room or a movie theater. Like it's just this added room. That's giant. It's wide open. And everyone that's lived in that house since has made it into a game room. Well, that's, that's pretty
1: like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Winning. So, well, and the only thing I remember about that house is the basement. I love that basement. And I want to say it was sixth grade for your birthday party. Yeah, I have pictures. Yeah, well, you sent me one <laughs> yeah. I don't like two years yeah. ago. When you messaged ago. me, I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that same thing. <laughs> yeah. would, I, so I saw, again, on Facebook, I saw your post and I was like, you know what? I think it'd be really cool to come out, you know, go, yeah. go see Justin and, and, and do this. And I brought it up on Messenger, and yeah, that was it's like right there. It's like (laughs) yeah, okay, I remember that. Um, But the only thing I remember from that is hanging out in the basement, playing, you know, playing around in the basement. Yeah. Um, So and then I think ninth grade when we always did it like vagabond walking around through the neighborhood, Uh we would stop at your house quite a bit and hang out. And uh, your if I remember, your your bedroom was like down the hallway on the left.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um.
1: So I remember that too.
0: Yeah, that was uh, cause yeah, Carly Moore lived over there. Neil Sims lived over there. Yeah, vagabond walking around is a good way to phrase that. (laughs) (laughs) That Yeah, aimlessness. Um, Yeah. Well, all right. I'm gonna go back in time. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You're born. Are you born here, Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. Born born. raised Michigan, Clarkston. Yep. Okay. Um, I know you have one older brother. Is that that's it? The extent of the siblings. Okay. Mm -hmm. And. Is he the same age as my brother? Did th- we have... I think your brother's older. So Nate, okay. my brother Nate is 42, he was 1980.
1: Okay, yeah. And I so think your brother brother's a year older. 90. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah, I knew they were close um, age-wise. I don't, I don't think they're close. Like, as well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't even know if they knew each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I always clock when people had the older brother. because so I was like, oh, you get it. <laughs> you know there is like... there is
1: something to be said about a, being a younger brother... Being the youngest sibling of two brothers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Life is <laughs> very strange. Very, very strange.
0: Yeah. Like, well, did you have the same dichotomy where it's like, I like a lot of the stuff he likes. I probably like it because he likes it, but also I don't want to be anything like him. <laughs> Yeah. No. So when
1: we were younger, it was, I would follow him around everywhere, do yeah. everything with him. And I, like he was my hero. And then as we got older, and my brother's a good guy, don't get me wrong, but yeah. there was a phase there. that Teens
0: are going to teen. Yeah, you know,
1: and so he was, you know, football player, baseball player, and I mean, I wasn't that good at sports. I played him, but I, let's be honest, like, I was the kid in left field picking dandelions and eating them, right? Amen. Uh, so it's like, okay, so I can't keep going down this same road. Yeah. I need to identify myself as unique and somebody separate from him. Um, and so there was a few years where we were, I wouldn't say we were enemies, but we were just not friends. Yeah. Like we didn't yeah. even talk or look at each other.
0: Oh, I specifically didn't talk to my brother for yeah. many, many years. <laughs> we're good now. Um,
1: <laughs> well, and yeah, same thing. My brother and I are, are closer now than we've ever been. Yeah. Uh, and adulthood does that to you, you know, you start. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I wouldn't know. I'm still growing up. Um, yeah. I just, that's what I was told.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I read that somewhere. Um and then how old are you when your parents divorced? Three. Okay. You got me beat by a year, you son of a yeah, right. <laughs> um so do you have any memory of that at all?
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. So I and I have memories even before the divorce. I have memories going back to like two years old. Like what? Uh, I know, crazy, right? Blue blocks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um I, uh, one strange one. Uh my my brother and I were sleeping downstairs in the living room and he woke up and was sick and puked all over his blanket, and so I, you know, my mom comes downstairs and I didn't want him to be outdone, so I puked <laughs> on my blanket. To, and I remember thinking that, like, oh, he's getting attention. I could do that too. That.
0: This is a two years old.
1: Two years old, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, playing with He-Man. We had all the He-Man toys, yeah. uh, and um, oh, I, why can I not remember? It's the all the lions that went together to form.
0: Oh, uh, Voltron! Voltron, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the original, like metal, <laughs> speaking my language, cast yeah.
1: iron Voltron. Nice. Um, uh, and I remember, my, Like my favorite toy was the He-Man orc. Was that his name? The little wizard. He had the O on his oh, chest. You, yeah,
0: and you, he had no face. It was just like black with two eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I have in a bin over there. I have too many fingers, too many bins right now. Um, there was, like, a hawk. There was two hawks. There's an orange one and a blue one. Yep. I have the blue wings. in front of my mom's house, and I was like, <laughs> I would probably sell these on eBay. Just the way absolutely. Because <laughs> that's that's the one thing I learned is as you get older, if you do keep anything, you do not have the accessories. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, no, they're all they're all <laughs> like
0: gone. Anything that shoots a missile, you do not have that missile anymore. And, and <laughs> as a
1: dad trying to like and you're cognizant oh, yeah. when you grow up and you have kids <laughs> and you're like, okay. I know these toys are going to be worth something, so I'm going to do my best to just take all the accessories away and hide them, and then you lose. That is the
0: kind of dad I would be, yeah. But then
1: you lose where the accessories are. Yeah. You're like, where did I put those? They're
0: and then in the like, last did, house now. Right?
1: Yeah, they're going to be in the attic at, yeah. at the Dixie Highway house.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's wildly frustrating. All I can do is like look over because I have stuff on the shelf where I'm like, oh yeah, I think I'm missing pieces of that. (laughs) I went to, this is what I mean by tangents, but I went to the flea market, I don't know, like a month ago. And they had this bin, I I don't know, the guy sold like life magazines, but there's this plastic bin under his table, it said like 25 cents. And I saw like a couple random childhood things or McDonald's toys or something. And I was like, what's in that bin? and like two minutes later i'm on my hands and knees just like rifling through everything in this bin and i was finding in this this is where everything goes to the bin had all these little missiles and all these little like helmets sounds like oh my god this is a treasure trove of shit that's everybody has lost here's my theory
1: right <laughs> have you heard of the sock gremlin
0: yeah, okay, sock gremlin only guy. steals the yeah. left
1: sock, right? So it has to be the same gremlin or his Goes sibling, in. the toy gremlin, yeah. and he sells it to it's that guy at the at the Dixie at the Dixieland Flea Market. Yeah,
0: it's like where's Yoda's backpack for Luke? It's in that. It's in that bin. bin. God damn it. <laughs> um. <laughs> so your parents divorced when you were three. They do they both stay in Clarkston? Yeah. So that's got to be nice. What does that look like custody-wise?
1: Uh, so I only saw my dad every other weekend. Okay. And in fact, for the first few years, I didn't even see him. Uh, oh, okay. Was that because? There was a – he there was he was just pissed. And oh, he's okay. like trying to prove my mom wrong that she can't go out on her own. I mean, this is
0: early 80s. But taking and, it out on the kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's –
0: but that was the 80s, right? I mean,
1: uh-huh. uh, that's just the way it worked. So,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it was every other weekend and then during the summers – Okay. Uh, but yeah most of the time it was just at my mom's we lived out in davisburg
0: okay that's crazy to think about considering you guys were in like essentially the same town yeah that's wild like uh, i mean my dad moved to florida so it's, so like, it, it's a, a little difficult yeah. yeah um but still yeah that's uh that's wild do you was there an age where you developed any sort of resentment for that no okay. um i've always even when
1: younger i've always tried to not get stay pissed about stuff not where does that come from can you teach me (laughs) right (laughs) um and i don't know it's it's looking at it from other people's perspective you know like it's not about how it affects me like how is my mom taking this how's my dad taking this and
0: um just empathetic yeah yeah so
1: you you don't Hmm. you don't really concentrate on you it's you know how other people are handling the situation what can I do to help them out?
0: Is that with everybody? me? Yeah
1: yeah, yeah I'm okay. like that with everyone
0: okay I, I only ask that for some reason maybe it's the older brother thing. I think everything I'm asking is like a projection because <laughs> I'm like I feel that way about most people but not my brother yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah no I've, I'm try I try to get rid of grudges and it's because it feels so embedded. That like even if I want to let it go, there's still something that's like no right, you'll get
1: them you're like no it's fine.
0: <laughs> but uh, it
1: just I don't know I, and I've had times in life where I was able to uh, get revenge on somebody for something they did. yeah and then there's I don't know just never
0: yeah, I don't know if I in a healthy mindset <laughs> have ever like actually wanted revenge, but it's difficult for me to like let go of stuff uh you know like the example i always think of is there's someone again i won't say who um i mean well he doesn't listen to this but vince baker <laughs> i have no problem with vince baker yeah i don't at all uh seems like he he's a good guy i don't I talk to him much but in like sophomore year when i had my hair down to my shoulders and like I was wearing all black uh and he was like not he wasn't like a dickhead jock or something. He was just a dickhead. <laughs> but so he, <laughs> he shoved me into a locker when we were walking down the hall. And I was like, so kind of shocked by it because I felt like he was somewhere in my realm. Like he well, hung yeah, out with people he, I he hung out with. The, yeah, he was in the same group. So yeah. yeah. And so I was like, what? And I held on to that for so long. <laughs> and I don't care. I like, honestly don't care, but it's still, it's just sits there.
1: Yeah. It's what, it's what it'll say. It's unresolved. And it's uh, yeah. like, why, like, why, why would you do that? What, yeah. what was the point? And especially but when,
0: what's the point of holding on to it? Yeah,
1: that, And that's, <laughs> see, that's how I look at it. Uh, the things I, I like, I don't hold on to grudges or anything like that. Yeah. I hold on to things that I did to other people. Like I'll get something waking me up at two o'clock in the morning is something I did 20 years ago that really meant nothing to nobody, but it's like, ah, why did I do that? You know? Yeah. That's what gets
0: me. It's called anxiety.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Um, so what, what, is the, what does your relationship look like with your mom and your dad and your brother when you're a kid growing up? Like before I meet you? Um, so my mom was pretty much
1: a single mom working two jobs.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, we lived in a little two-bedroom, one-bathroom cottage off of Big Lake. Oh. It's just a little dirt road and yeah. uh again it was the eighties, so it was like, you know, four year old Brett and six year old Nate running around the neighborhood in the middle of summer until nine o'clock at night. And we we were feral. We just kinda did our own thing, yeah. which which was fun, you know. Uh younger Nate and I were pretty close. We would fight a lot, but we were, you know, we always did things together. We would sports together we go out ice hockey or you know play ice hockey and ride dirt bikes and whatever um older probably well we're talking pre-sixth grade i would say it's right around sixth grade is where things started transitioning a little bit um, my brother and my mom never had a real good or stable relationship yeah so when i was going into sixth grade he moved out to my dad's house okay so um their relationship was rocky And so there was a few years where he was either living at dad's or I was living at dad's. And so we just didn't, yeah, yeah, we didn't cross paths at all for, I don't know, six or seven years.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, he's, I imagine, well, the oldest does always seem to take like the brunt of the divorce when it's, when it's, when you're younger. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's stuff, I interviewed my brother for this and his view of our parents' divorce it's so wildly different from mine. Oh yeah. Cause he was seven and I was four and it's like, Oh, <laughs> like, d- you don't even fucking think about it. Cause you're so, I mean, I'm so tied up in like my point of view of what things were. Yeah. Well
1: that's, so my brother up until the day my dad died, my brother had a lot of resentment towards my dad because of everything that we went through. And yeah. because of the divorce, cause of the, uh, not hanging out with us, the, you know, even like, he was very apathetic. My dad was Yeah. like, Hey, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. And then if you did it and you messed up, well, now you're not going to do it again, are you? Hmm. But it was, there was no guidance. There was no, yeah. you know, um, and Nate really needed that assurance. He really needed a father figure. And my dad was just not a father figure. Yeah. He was just like, I mean, you can, if you ask me, I'll tell you what I think, but only if you ask me and otherwise, I mean, do your own thing. So it's relatable.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's your relationship like with your mom
1: now or then, then, uh, tumultuous. Okay. She was, she was a very, very passionate woman Okay. and very stressed out for those first, I don't know, four years. So yeah. it was when we did get Sears, a lot of screaming, a lot of, uh,
0: uh I wouldn't say scream, but you know, short tempered, um, did you take any sort of role? Like, were you trying to fix anything or take care of anybody when they were upset? No, I just as a clocked kid? out. Okay.
1: Yep. No, nope. yeah. I. And that's a lot of a lot of the memories I have as a kid. It's just in my bedroom with the door closed, playing with Legos or GI Joes. Because it's like I don't even want to, you know, like I'm, looking
0: in a mirror, bruh. <laughs>
1: fuck. Just shut myself out. You know. Yeah. Put up the door and sit there and hang out with the Legos. I used to build some pretty cool stuff, though.
0: Oh, dude, my childhood like the memories of my childhood are primarily tv shows and toys yep and i love it like <laughs> i kind of don't love it but i love it like it's uh, yeah it sucks that i'm not. Uh, i don't look back at you know being eight and being like oh yeah doing this with family it's like whatever no i like say by the bell growing pains who's the boss tree forts legos gi joes x-men like yeah, that
1: yeah that that's... was
0: my existence (laughs) yep yeah i wake up
1: every morning super early to watch gi joe in the morning um what was the other one it was there was like two two shows in the morning did you
0: watch snorks i did i thought that was a saturday though wasn't it i remember being on really early but so i might have been saying and then
1: on weekends like early early saturday was mr wizard yeah. and the best part i don't know if you've ever seen clips of mr wizard not going back recently <laughs> he was such a dick it's great because it's like this typical 80s old grumpy dude teaching yeah. science he's like that's not what you do kid you're doing that wrong you're like just i mean just straight up a dick it's nice. awesome yeah i
0: have to look up clips of that yeah mr wizard i oh, god i haven't thought about that show in a long time yeah and i i like that you seem to have the same like you're talking about he-man there's people that, uh Chris Cable's a good example, same age as us, mm-hmm. but there's like a bunch of toys that he's not familiar with because he didn't have an older brother. Because there's like, especially in the 80s, when yeah. like every six months there was a new cartoon that was either based on an action figure or a new action figure that was based on a cartoon. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> was... and, and if I remember correctly, wasn't it Transformers that started the whole
0: action figure to cartoon era? Or was it? It's Transformers or G.I. Joe um because they're oh there's a great series on netflix did you watch that series um the toys that made us
1: i did yeah oh. it's been years since i watched it yeah. that i had that i have to watch that there's maybe.
0: something there because they do both of those and it is it is one of them Yep. i can't remember but which one
1: it, <laughs> i mean there's a phenomenon afterwards you know yeah. you have gi joe you have oh, yeah. transformers teenage mutant ninja turtles which was one of my favorites yeah. and it was cool because you You'd get the, to- well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, prime example. I got Michelangelo like six months before the cartoon was even out. And I'm like, I, I lost his head in one of his arms. And because I, I didn't know what it was. It was a turtle with, a, you know, the a, <laughs> a bandana on his head. I'm like, yeah. whatever. And then the cartoon comes out. I'm like, this cartoon's so sweet. And just, I was like, my next birthday. Cowabunga. I'm like, I need every single one of these Ninja Turtles. These things are amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a It became almost like a chicken or egg situation. Like with any toy you can think of. You're like, wait, what came first? The toy or the TV Yeah, right? Um, Yeah, you could go down a laundry list of those.
1: Mask was another one.
0: Love mask. No one knows mask. Because mask, I'm surprised I know mask. Um, And again, I think this is an older brother thing. Because when I looked mask up, I used to have podcasts where I just talked about 90s shit. So I looked up a lot of 90s shit. Mask was like... 84 85 and i'm sure they rerun for morning cartoons all the mm-hmm. time but like that was its primary time yeah and i was like oh i was like one two years old when mask was out but i loved mask like i had the freaking boulder mountain thing There were the boulder flew out and the guy came out with the gun and the gas station like Turned into like machine guns. Everything was guns. Um, Oh yeah, it was the eighties. Everything (laughs) was guns. It really was. Everything was guns. Oh, is that a cotton ball? No, it's a gun. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cotton ball gun. (laughs) (laughs) Everything turns into a gun. Um, See, yeah. Oh man, I could talk about fucking eighties and nineties toys for a very long time. Uh, I say as I stare at growing pains trading cards (laughs) over there. (laughs) Uh. Okay. Back to breath life so when do you get into boy scouts or do you start from the beginning yeah i a,
1: started out as, as cub a wolf, Bear, Scout. wolf yeah. yeah wolf <laughs> um and so but the year before i was in you know i was in kindergarten and my brother was in second grade my mom tried to get him into boy scouts and he, he wasn't having it that was not him at all yeah so then first grade comes around know, uh, Maybe it was second grade. Well, I think, no, it was first grade. Um, and I got into it, and it had a blast. And, and I don't know if you remember Nathan Fletcher or not. Yeah, yeah. So Nathan Fletcher had just moved down the street from me. I have tried to find him. <laughs> I have tried to find him, too. And there's a Nathan Fletcher that's a in politics in California. Not the same Nathan Fletcher, apparently. Good to know. Yeah, because I reached out to him. and <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look like him. He, so last I heard of Nathan... Tangent, and we'll come back. Yeah, yeah. um Yeah. We were at Ramshorn, early two oh, thousands, and he was he was up there. It was like the first time I seen him in like five or six years. He did not look like he was doing good. Not, I mean, not drugs, but just like like something. I think something happened to him. Yeah.
0: Just yeah, mentally. Yeah, I don't, not,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't know.
0: But. I don't know either. Yeah, I uh because I've thought about him. I mean. He was the person that, like when Kurt Cobain died, I remember him being, of the people that I knew in my life, Nate Fletcher was the most affected by Kurt Cobain. Yeah. I was like, oh, he really liked this guy.
1: <laughs> so we would sit, yeah, during that time, um, like sixth grade, seventh, yeah. sixth, fifth, fifth and sixth grade, his, his room was in the basement. And it was like the old 80s uh, wood panel, dark wood panel. Yeah paneling in the room, we'd sit down there and listen to STP and uh Nirvana and um Allison Chains, uh Temple of the Dog. I remember Early
0: Adopters.
1: Yeah, I remember the first time hearing the uh Hunger Strike song yeah, yeah. was in his basement off of an uh a record player. And I'm like, I don't even know how he got a record of... I mean, this yeah. song was brand new. And yeah. I'm like, this song's great, you know?
0: I cannot imagine how much that record is worth today. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I I was very late to... Other than Dookie, I was very late <laughs> to alternative music. I did not have good influences for music until, like, eighth grade. But You're welcome, um, by the way. No. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so... Cub Scouts, Wolf Scout, Boy Scout. Um, You're doing that. Is that something like what? Because that's where we meet. And I'm curious what your experience was there. Because uh, I've actually like gone back and been like, I remember everything correctly. Right. Like after all scandals and shit came out, I was like, no one touched me. Right. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, gonna dig in there. I was like, don't get me wrong. There were some fucking sketchy old men <laughs> in that shit. But uh, yeah, I am I, curious someone that was in the same shit as me like what that looked like for you
1: so yeah in in cup scouts uh again part of it was nate nathan fletcher lived down the street and him and i were doing everything together so i would go to church with him on wednesday and and, and mostly it was because my mom was working two jobs so that yeah you know this was an opportunity for me to get out of the house and have you know someone watching me so my mom's all about it and, you know, hanging out with a bunch of kids after school one day a week and then going to Nathan's house to do all these activities. It was a blast. Yeah. Boy Scouts got a little tough because it was, I was the only kid in my school that went into Boy Scouts. So it was, I, you know, you're surrounded by a bunch of peers and friends. So yeah. all of a sudden you're by yourself yeah. in this troop. I did
0: not last long.
1: No, I, I didn't either. <laughs> um, I went to that first summer camp and, uh, and that was it. Yeah. Like, couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore.
0: Was that... Oh, okay, we're never actually gonna do anything. It's gonna be all tangents, right? But was that because there? So that if we're, if we're if you're talking about the same camp, was that Lost Lake? It was Lost Lake.
1: Oh yeah, my God,
0: yeah. And Brian
1: Beaky went. I remember he was in our troop. Um,
0: do you remember all the uh, the folklore of that place?
1: I I remember the lake. There was something about the lake, but I yeah I didn't pay. So
0: I like had flash memories of that. And I found the fucking the house that's there. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, I forgot fo- about
1: that. Yeah. So,
0: cause I found it online. I like bookmarked it. I have it bookmarked on my phone. I'll send you the link. Cause it's crazy to like, when you go back and look at it you're like,
1: Oh yeah. All the stairs were different um, sizes. Yeah.
0: So the house was all messed up. The basement was painted like a maroon, dark red. They said to hide blood stains. There was from the basement you could watch people in the pool. There was mm-hmm. a glass wall. And then the lake was apparently, apparently <laughs> there was a sinkhole and no one had found the bottom of it. <laughs> uh, and they, they, I, I well,
1: don't know. That, that might've been a tall tale. <laughs> what, what did get me though, was when they took the, a, like a cane or a broom in yeah. the basement and banged it on the floor. And it's just, it was hollow underneath. All you hear is boom underneath it. So the, basement wasn't even the, the basement, full, the basement. Yeah. yeah there was well,
0: that was uh so the guy that lived there uh and i can't remember his name it's all that's what this whole story is about that i found uh, it was it was henry ford's like mafia guy
1: yeah his hitman yeah, <laughs> yeah it was so his
0: like there's gun towers on the property and and I was like, oh this is a summer camp for boys
1: right <laughs> Well, see. like I said, even the stairs from the basement up to the main house each stair was a different size yeah. and a different angle
0: yeah.
1: and, so that it would trip people up and they used to do that too in in England uh, with their fortresses on the on the whatever towers going up they, yeah, would, yeah. they would change the, the angles of the stairs uh, as they're defending but you get to the top and that door would swing as it swung open it would actually close the door on the kitchen. So it was a two-sided oh door.
0: Yeah, this is. <laughs> that camp was great.
1: That, yeah, that.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I'm so glad I, I know someone else that remembers that camp because that was such a specific experience that I haven't talked to anyone since then that like can relate to that. So it was very cool like you had you got to a to little store and you bought your little snacks and food yeah. and, uh i just thought it was, it was so cool so
1: um, as an adult going you know uh my oldest son was in boy scouts yeah and it made it pretty far he didn't get his eagle but he made it pretty far and i was a scout leader and so i was part of all the campings right And we were the first year he was in Boy Scouts. I was like, all right, let's do Lost Lake. I really want to go back there. They had just closed it that year. I know I was so bummed out. Everyone around this area was just uh, furious, like all the uh, troops, because that was this area's summer camp. That's where we always went, where all the troops in this area always went. But at the time, Boy Scouts were were starting to really reduce everything down. So it was just a bummer that. Yeah.
0: I wonder who owns that property good question i'm gonna look into it um so that experience was good but you didn't have the camaraderie you were looking for there no um, yeah so you get into junior high uh i mean my junior high years were terrible i don't know terrible so what is yeah what what does life look like for you then interview at this point you kind of alluded to it a little bit, like some anxiety earlier. <laughs> Has this started at that age already?
1: Well, yeah. So in, I don't know if anxiety is the right word. Um,
0: I mean, waking up in the middle of the night worried about something that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: <pretty good> <laughs> well, and that's more as an adult. Um, yeah. A, as a kid, you know, there's, I don't know, maybe anxiety is the right word, but I don't I don't know. Uh, so, you know, you go into a new school. Yeah. And you have all of these expectations from fifth grade that you're coming in with, right? Yeah. And you realize real quickly that it's not like that at all. And all of the everybody at my under, uh, elementary school were all friends. Everyone knew everyone, and and people would fight here and there, but yeah. for the most part, we all got along. Then you're dumped into this new school with all of these other groups, and. There, I mean, there are some really mean people, and in our
0: and we were at the good middle school,
1: (laughs) right? (laughs) So it was a culture shock for sure. Yeah, Uh, I, I mean, there wasn't a good year in middle school. Sixth, seventh, or eighth grade were all just terrible, terrible years.
0: Am I remembering something? I just literally just flashed. Did you get in trouble for? weed
1: yeah eighth grade yeah i I couldn't go to the dc trip
0: oh my god
1: yeah were you supposed to be in our room i think so probably justin
0: walker and aaron capodelli yeah
1: yeah and mr craven the history teacher that we begged and pleaded him with him and it's he was like nope sorry were you smoking weed in eighth grade no well okay (laughs) I, i mean yeah i was i was but um i wasn't smoking it at the time
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's crazy to think about. Well, because Clarkston seemed so, and I don't, I could be on the outskirts of anything that was going on, but like my brother went to Sashabaugh, which is one of the reasons my mom was thrilled I was going to Clarkston because <laughs> my brother did all, everything by the time he was like 14. Yeah. Um, But Clarkston, like, I remember hearing someone gave someone a blow job in eighth grade and it was like the biggest fucking deal ever and like weed i was like what, yeah, what? in this school <laughs> um so i'm like how does that even happen is that just because you have an older brother and... uh,
1: no that's exactly yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i have an, uh, i was in sixth grade out. he was in eighth grade <laughs> and uh i was hanging out with his friends you know yeah. and that they were all smoking cigarettes smoking pot and i'm like well i'll try it sure i smoked weed yeah. before i smoke cigarettes that's funny yeah uh and, and I, again i know this sounds horrible and looking back like if or if I was a parent of a 11 year old, yeah. and found out that they were smoking, I would be mortified. Oh yeah, uh, but I don't know. It's like I said, we were feral. Like Nate and I were just kind of doing our own thing.
0: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean that's the. I don't know if you want to call it an advantage or disadvantage, but like of a single mother, like that's like working, like yeah. you have you have a select amount of hours after school to kind of do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> Especially if you have the older brother, that's like, Oh, we're not getting a babysitter for you guys anymore. Cause he's old enough to watch you. And older brothers out, like getting fucking high. So you're kind of like, I'm going to do it. Uh, let's I want. do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh God. Yeah. I, I, I did. I played the opposite card. I was, if my brother was smoking cigarettes or had weed or anything, like I would just be like, wait for it. Hey, Mom, guess what? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, got a lot of joy out of that. <laughs> so that does that have any impact, uh, like long-term impact in the, over the next few years on just like your life, your discipline, expectations, anything like that? Or is it just like a, a blip and kind of goes away?
1: Well, uh, yeah, it was pretty much a blip. And I don't know. I got in trouble a few times all the way through – high school even after high school okay. i got in trouble I, and i gotta say like i was going down a really bad road how so out of high school i mean i was going to raves all the time uh in high school like it was about i want to say about into 10th grade going into 11th and a- everything just changed for me hmm. you know um, i moved into my dad's house and he was like hey just know that if you get arrested i'm not bailing you out like Okay, sweet. What a rule! Yeah, that was like the only rule, right? Um, So, so this
0: is the father figure you're speaking. Yeah, got it.
1: it, it, I mean, I know it sounds bad. It it, he was a really good man in a lot of other ways. Just
0: that's this just wasn't one of them. I don't mean to. Yeah, I'm not not (laughs) talking shit. People are people.
1: Yeah, well, and that's yeah, that's how I look at it. Um, But you know, going to I was going to parties all the time. I was doing all sorts of drugs and doing things I shouldn't be doing and doing people i shouldn't be doing and.
0: yeah when you said raves i was like oh like i because you were hanging out with brian agmali right yep. and uh who else was in that? Who, was uh, that who else was in your rave kid group because
1: ken patrick uh, i don't know uh ted Lindbergh. yeah yeah and he wasn't so much i mean he he was going to events but he was honestly a little bit more conservative and i think like, Ted and
0: I are still really good friends now. Yeah, but, yeah I wouldn't have pegged him as a, as a raver. <laughs> but, I mean, he went to
1: quite a few. It just wasn't, I don't know. He wasn't as in-depth into it as, like, Brian was. Yeah, or, yeah, Um I'm trying to think. Most of the people that we hung out with were outside of Clarkston, though. So That was, like,
0: I feel like prime time for abandoned warehouse parties in Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That always scared the shit out of me. I was, everyone's like, hey, we're going no, I can't, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I may look punk rock, but I'm not.
1: But yeah, I, I saw some pretty sketchy things down there. Oh That's, yeah, that was yeah. not
0: that was not a good time in Detroit. No, no. <laughs> that was not a that was not like Comerica Park times. This was, <laughs> no, yeah, it was yeah. still ghetto. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, well I mean, what is what does the rest of your teenage years look like then? Go, like through high school, are you are you doing well academically?
1: No, well, uh, yes and no. So I I would say. The, again academically i never i don't know i just wasn't that i was smart and i got good grades yeah. but i never turned in homework.
0: adhd man
1: yeah and uh so if i couldn't finish it in class then it just wasn't done or i turned turn it in half done be like whatever i'm not going to do it at yeah. home so grades i don't know i did all right i think i graduated with three six oh, gee, not it's that's
0: not, not bad. almost literally twice my GPA no. <laughs> <graduating> <laughs> nice. high school, which is funny because like I've been on the dean's list for every semester I did in college. I mean, I waited till 28 to do college, but, uh, but high school, yeah. Again, circling back to the beginning, it was uh, I just needed those social relationships. Like, yeah, I couldn't pay attention to this academic stuff. Th- that's how I, I was need. looking at it too. Like to the T, how I was yeah. looking
1: at it. Like school, I wasn't there to learn. There was nothing, and this is how I. Th- looked at it and, and it's wrong, but this is how I looked at it. it. was There's nothing that they can teach me that I don't already know. And, and again, how arrogant and that is that? And again, I, as a parent, looking back, yeah. if my kid said that to me, I feel like, Oh, you have no idea.
0: That's why I we grow up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at, at the time, that's what I thought. Like, yeah. And I'm not here to learn from you. I'm here to make social, uh, connections yeah you know my yeah. my whole life was based around everyone else
0: well i imagine you're you're not getting that from um you're not getting that from your dad you're definitely not getting that from brother's time yeah so like you got to get it from somebody yeah. like you're you're at, you're at a developmental age where you're like I, you need someone you, you, to you need say, attention i love you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i definitely get that <laughs> so is college on the radar at all uh so i wanted to go to
1: college and my dad was actually, this is probably the best piece of advice he ever gave me. He's like, look, I'm not saying that you can't go to college, but honestly, truly, do you think that if you went to college that you would get through classes? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I totally would. I was like, okay. How do you do in high school right now? Do you go to every single class? It's like, well, not really. <laughs> okay. Do you turn in all your homework? Well, not really all right do you ask questions of your teacher well not really okay now take all that and times it by 10 in college do you think it's going to be the same like all right yeah you're right so i I tried i did try i went to occ for a semester same and then like it was my dad was right it was like i you know there's it's nothing but homework yeah you know you go for an hour and then you have to spend six hours studying i don't think
0: i made it through october <laughs> right, like, I'm done,
1: yeah. So, um, no, I started working instead. I was uh, a yeah. bouncer at Clutch Cargos, oh and oh, god, yeah, that those were great times. Um, probably one of the best jobs I ever had. So, do you
0: have a favorite show you saw while you were working there?
1: Yes, absolutely, Dropkick Murphy's,
0: okay, hands
1: down. So, okay, well, it, I didn't actually see it at Clutch Cargos, that's what makes the story so great. <laughs>
0: Come on, um,
1: so. Uh, I would. I was at the time. I was like 150 pounds, soaking wet, six foot one, yeah. and a twig. And uh, to be a bouncer, like you need to be intimidating. Ninety percent of the job is that intimidation factor that you're trying to refrain
0: people from yeah. fighting, so people don't fuck with you initially. Yeah, so you don't have to get into it. <laughs>
1: like I don't want to fight because there's this big dude over here that's 350 pounds that will grab him by my neck, and here I am, this little twig of nothing, and I don't even look intimidating. I like, I don't even look mean. I don't, yeah. you know uh so i was outside i would uh watch the crowds that coming into the building i would watch the buses i would do pat downs um you know when it was club night i would work the basement because that was the techno room and there was no fights down there it was all hippies and candy
0: kids yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) but so i'm I'm, the show's coming up and dropkick murphy's is like my favorite band at the time and they still are one of my favorite bands and so i talked to my boss i'm like hey i really 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 need this concert off because i want to be here and he's like oh yeah no problem no problem and i bought tickets and everything right and the week before i look at the schedule and sure enough i'm doing i'm working that day and i'm doing pat downs so i'm not even going to hear them i'm going to be in the front door you can't hear anything up there like steve i really need this day off sorry man we need someone to do pat downs we don't have anybody you need to be here so I'm outside, and I'm fuming. I'm doing pat-downs, and I'm motherfuck this. I'm motherfuck, I don't know
0: if I could swear or not. Yeah, but I've uh, probably said fuck a billion times. <laughs> uh,
1: just beside myself angry. And the, one of the guys that was doing IDs, his name was Damian, um, was like, I know Spicy McGavin, which was the bagpipe player of nice. DraftKick Murphy's. It's like, let me go talk to them after the show and just see what I can do. Like, for one, you don't know Spicy McGavin. You shut your mouth right now
0: two also what yeah I'll, what does that mean see what i can do like i'll have them come to your house after yeah, this yeah right <laughs> yeah
1: so okay yeah cool like what i've been hang out with them I, whatever so night wraps up we all go to the back office start checking out and i don't see damien like yeah he's not he's whatever you know
0: he left yeah he left he
1: ducked out <laughs> Um, uh, so Nate and I go back home cause Nate, my brother worked there as well okay. and uh, he was the one who got me the job. Nice. So we go back home and our place was where everyone went to hang out afterwards. Well, Damien shows up at our house and he's like, well, Brad, I got good news and I got bad news. It's like, all right, well, what, we'll, you know, it's well, like the good news is we have, will call tickets and backstage passes to the next dropkick Murphy show. No, you did not. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Bad news is it's in Columbus, Ohio. We got to leave and it's like four o'clock in the morning. So yeah. we got to leave at six o'clock in the morning, drive all the way to Columbus, Ohio yeah. to go to this concert. <laughs> like, Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, drove to Columbus, got to meet the band, got, that was nice. 18 years old, got to drink beer with Spicy McGavin and nice. the whole, you know, the whole band. And it was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Um, I, I've, I've drank many, many a beers to, to drop. <laughs> that's fun. Um, Columbus, is it so bad? I guess it's...
1: When you're 18 yeah, and really real haven't Yeah, bad left. when you're
0: 18. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, that was my first real road trip. Yeah. So it was, it was, I don't know, it was exciting. It was an, but, an adventure. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: That's really cool. Um, was, side note, was Anna Morgan working there yet?
1: That side name note? sounds so familiar. Oh,
0: man. If you saw her, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Anna. Um, Why does that... Because she she's a staple at all venues. <laughs> like
1: I got, to... I got, yeah, I got to look it up now. Cause I, I mean, um, uh,
0: close that. I'm actually going to use this opportunity to turn my furnace down. Cause the last 10 minutes I've been thinking about it. Cause if it comes on, Oh, my lovely wife turned it down for me. That was really nice. of her. <laughs> she knows I get free. Cause it's right behind you and it's, Not quiet when it comes on (laughs) right there. And I usually turn down before people get here. And I forgot. Um, Are you you looking her up? I'm trying to. Yeah. Um, I'm on. I don't
1: know. It says Anna Anna Morgan Facebook. I don't think. Or Anna Morgan DJ. I don't think that's her.
0: No. If you. uh, Yeah. I'm going to send it to you so you can look it up. But. Anywho. So you graduate. You're just working at Clutch Cargos.
1: Well, yeah, during the nights, working during the day, I was uh, excavating with my brother. So it was, I wasn't excavating, I was working for an excavation company. And I was a mudder. so making concrete. So it's, you know, they're a 20 acre field, completely uh, bulldozed down, and they're laying in, you know, four foot pipe through it to make a subdivision. And my job was to, you know, and it's middle of summer in a desert. Like it's it's clay everywhere, yeah. 90 degrees, um, making concrete, two five-gallon concrete buckets. You're carrying just halfway across manual this. Manual fucking yeah. <laughs> uh So, you know, getting ripped. And it's, you know, from sun up till sundown. And then to go home, take a shower real quick, and then go to clutch cargoes three days a week. And it was just, it was a party. You know, it was like making yeah. great money excavating and then going out working clutch cargos making you know all right money but
0: are you still like doing raves and stuff at all
1: no no by that time um by that time i had stopped and, and partly was because I, I dated a girl named stephanie that got pregnant and i knew she was like that's why i started working excavating and and got bouncing it. was because it's like
0: how old are you uh 30 at that
1: point? oh at that point 18 a- okay I just turned 18 okay yeah <laughs> yeah so
0: again so when you reference your oldest this was was born when you were 18
1: yeah he's 21 now he just turned 21 on saint pat's day in fact so (laughs) it's
0: a dangerous i I know
1: well (laughs) god you gotta meet him he is he is the opposite of me in a lot of ways like (laughs) he's very responsible in in oh maybe he's not um i he was always my my reminder yeah like Trent, remember th- that I need to do this. Trent, can you know, hey, dad, are you sure you he's, want to do he's that? He's your Siri. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, <laughs> my Jiminy Cricket, I guess, is a better yeah, way yeah. to put it.
0: Uh, can you tell me, like, try to go back there mentally, and what, what's going through your head when you're 18 and you find out you got a girl pregnant?
1: <laughs> oh, my life's over. Yeah. It's What do I do now? Um you know, how do I take care of a kid when I'm a kid myself?
0: Um, did you have? Do, did you have the wherewithal to actually have that thought? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. It was. Was there like a thought of running away or like?
1: No, it, it was. Uh, can I, I pay
0: for your abortion? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> she wanted. That was one thing that did get brought up. She was like, "I, you know, let's. I want to get an abortion." I was like, "Okay. Well, I I will pay for half if that's what you want. Yeah. But this is not what I want. Like, I I am pro-choice, but my choice is if you know
0: yeah you wanted to keep it yeah if you're gonna do something even though so explain to me that and obviously like this is the 18 year old mindset Mm -hmm. but that because that's a dichotomy right there right that's uh how am i supposed to do this this is crazy no we got to keep it
1: (laughs) you just do it i don't know it's you i've always lived my life by the seat of my pants always yeah. and and I don't know you just you're gonna get through it right like yeah. it's not gonna be the end of the world <laughs> right or or you don't and and then and then you don't even know then it's okay right yeah. you
0: know that's fair
1: um but it was i can't I can't abandon some uh, something that I did right
0: yeah like so that's what it felt like like if you were to terminate the pregnancy then you were yeah, like not taking responsibility kind of or
1: not taking responsibility you're 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 killing something, you know? Okay. You're killing a part of yourself. And yeah. I hate to put it that way, yeah. but that's how Teach it the that's how it felt, you know? Yeah. Um and again, I'm pro choice, like I think everyone has yeah, the ability to choose whatever they want to do.
0: Yeah. But well, part of pro choice is you don't have to defend your choice. Exactly. <laughs> so absolutely. That's, yeah. That's Yeah, I was just curious like that mindset cuz it is too opposite thought patterns you're having at that same time so that's that's just curious but uh again relatable because i'm very familiar with extreme thinking yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so what's that look like
1: (laughs) so we we lived together for a little bit um i quit excavating quit bouncing worked as mall security at summit place okay um oh my god summit place yeah
0: what does mall security at Summit Place look like in like 2002? Oh,
1: boring because it was but it was at the very end yeah. of Summit Place Mall. Like there was. what well, so I was there. just like,
0: were was it getting broken into and vandalized yet? Not yet. <laughs> no, okay? but
1: so it was uh, every morning when the doors opened at six o'clock because the mall, the the stores didn't open until yeah. nine. You
0: got mall walkers, but though. you got mall walkers, and there
1: was like a group of twelve of them, and they're in their sixties, and yeah. they're sitting there waiting. You know, walking in place at the door, and you open it up, and they start walking the mall. Um, Those are the people
0: that live till 120. Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it it wasn't busy. It was just walking the hallways by yourself, hanging out with other mall security guards. Did
0: you get that job specifically to, like, work with the schedule of having a child?
1: No, I got that job because it was the only job I could get. Okay.
0: Like, it was... Well, because you said you left the other jobs. That's why I was just curious about that.
1: Yeah. So, and and again, the transition's weird. There was a guy that I worked with at Clutch. His name was Justin Weiss. He had got a job at the mall. And he was telling us all about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Did he
0: then? Oh, go ahead. I think I know him. You might. Because I think he worked at Best Buy. He
1: absolutely worked at Best Buy. I know Justin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's so funny. Yeah. random random small world
1: because i ran into justin 2012 at the best buy on telegraph right. okay and uh, so
0: funny. yeah yeah that's how i know him.
1: yep <laughs> uh so yeah he got a job at the mall doing security i was like oh i you know i need a full-time job are they hiring yeah come on over and that's how i got it there you go yeah okay <laughs> so yeah did that for about a year um was living with Stephanie's parents,
0: and does she had the kid by this point?
1: Yeah, so she Trent was born in March.
0: What's it like becoming a dad?
1: Probably one of the scariest and coolest things I've ever done.
0: Yeah,
1: um, hands down, love being a father. Yeah. Love it. Uh, love my boys. I got two of them now, and just I don't know. They're it's like little mini me's, and it's like all the coolest thing about me, and none of the Issues, yeah. I mean, well, they got their own issues, but um,
0: <laughs> did it bring up anything like your own feelings about your father?
1: No, uh, I don't know, that whole time was a little tough. So, Trent was born in March, okay. My dad died that next January.
0: Oh, wow, yeah, so yeah, um, you, I mean, you mentioned I just figured that was way later. Yeah, what no. happened there?
1: Uh, well, he drank and smoked himself into an early grave. How old was he when he died? 49. Jeez. Yeah. Holy shit. Yep. And then, so,
0: like, I was going to say, my dad did the same thing, but 65. Yeah. Or 62.
1: Um, yeah, he, uh, he was always kind of a hippie doing his own thing. But after him and my mom divorced, it was just a slow progression into God. alcoholism and, uh, you know, it's like two packs a day.
0: That'll have a fucking effect on you. Yeah. I mean, you. <laughs> oh,
1: on me? Well, uh, yeah. Um, it Definitely that shaped a lot of the rest of my life was that those two years of, you know, uh, having a kid, trying to make it in the world with no education. I mean, I had a high school, but all, everyone else was out doing college partying. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I'm yeah. going to work and pay for a house because well,
0: and... the world's like oh you're 18 uh oh, i don't my... care now you're a fucking yeah <laughs> you, you... now you're an adult you have a kid and your dad just died yeah,
1: and, <laughs> like... and okay and again my mom had cancer at that oh, same time jesus fuck. my grandma died a week before my dad died like i'm telling you it was like two years of just anything that could go wrong went wrong um wow. yeah so you know really really tough time uh, and then the person who helped me through that was Rachel Graham I don't know if you remember her
0: that name sounds familiar
1: but so um she was a year younger than us okay uh, and I married her oh. uh, two thousand and three <laughs> and then divorced her in two thousand and six okay okay yeah but um yeah it was she it was the kind of the one who pulled me out of all the all because at that point I was just i
0: so how long are you with Trent's mom before you like start dating Rachel? Yep. So
1: March, Trent was born. I was with Stephanie until August. Okay. She moved to Pittsburgh with Trent. Oh, and was just done. Like she, she went out there for school and was like, cause she was, she was in high school when she had him, graduated. And then August she went out to the art Institute of Pittsburgh And took a trip with her. And I was like, oh, great. So, you know, I lost my son in August. Dad died in January.
0: Yeah. So. Was it just like looking back and I don't know if there's a good way to frame this question. So (laughs) I apologize. Because I'm not. In no way do I mean this to be like, thank God that fucking kid's gone. But like, (laughs) (laughs) was there a sort of relief, though, to be like, at at least that's, even though, like, everything's happening, like, at least I don't have to, like then come home and take care of a child it was it was the
1: exact opposite for me it was yeah like it felt like a part of me was just torn out like i just lost my son and
0: well i'm saying once everything else started happening after
1: (laughs) no yeah so i actually drove out to pittsburgh to grab trent to bring him back so that he could see my dad before my dad passed um and that's a whole nother situation so Uh, I never gave him back after that. Uh, He stayed with me because when I went and got him, she was living in a studio apartment and he was sleeping in a crib in the closet. And he was was like four people living in this apartment and they were all smoking. I, you know, when I get him back, I had to take him to the ER because he couldn't breathe. I am now answering questions from department or uh, child services. yeah. Yeah. Like abuse charges. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like try, like. Yeah. Uh, and so, at, like, I don't know, like maybe a month after my dad died, my mom pushed me to get an attorney and get emergency. Um, I didn't have any rights at all. Yeah. Like none. I didn't have joint legal, joint physical, nothing because I was the father. So I had to petition the court to get joint physical just so I could have custody. And I still had to pay child support for a while. Even though I was taking care of him full time. I don't know. It's, <laughs> like, it's
0: that's insane. It, it sounds that's messed crazy. Up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're coming in at the tail end of the societal narrative that like, no, the mom always gets the kid. Yeah. And you, I mean, <laughs> I like to think now and it's changed a little bit. Uh, but especially like 80s, like unless unless mom was smoking crack, like mom got the kid. <laughs> and even then sometimes mom got the kid. Well, that's, So that's what's
1: messed up. So we we go to court, I have the emergency petition filed, she gets served. I talked to her that night, right? She's like, Why did you serve me? And I'm like, Well, I I don't want him going back to Pittsburgh. Like you are literally living in a studio apartment. I have a house. Like I have a full time job. I have a babysitter he has his own room well, you know. At, at the time I did smoke, but I'm like, I don't smoke in the house. Like he, yeah. he can't be around it. Like I, I have my mom's support if I need it. Um, it, he's just better off here. Yeah. So we go to court. She agreed to it, signed the paperwork. As we're waiting to go see the judge, another attorney walks in that, um, friends of the court had assigned to her and then we're going to give her a free attorney to represent her, defend her against this. Kid. And I just paid $2,500 to get an attorney. And they were like, yeah, no, we, we're totally going to represent her for free. And Stephanie was like, w- I don't need representation. We got this. Because, you know, I wasn't trying to screw anybody over. It's yeah. like, like, I'm trying it's to. Like
0: I can provide better.
1: Yeah, I got yeah. a better gig here for the kid. Like,
0: Did so. you get the impression that she was like, cool, because this is a lot. And I- <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, it was a lot for her. And she was going to school full time. Yeah. Um, so it, it was hard for her to take care of a kid while still going to school full time yeah. and have some semblance of a social life. And I was like, I, I don't have a social life. So like I could totally just work and come home and take care of the kid.
0: It's all good. So you're single dad, single dad at like 19. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. How's that? I mean, <laughs> and you said you met, you met Rachel and you guys get married, uh, so
1: yeah, met Rachel, my dad died in January. And Rachel was already hanging out with me at that time cuz I was already going through a tough time.
0: Yeah, you're just like a broken person at this yeah. point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh so she it was like that was at my lowest when right after my dad died. And so she helped pull me out of that and she was like the one who was watching Trent while I was at work. Okay. And things started getting better, you know, like um I got my dad's house, my brother got my grandma's house, I got my dad's house. Uh, I started doing lawn care, making decent money. Um, it was enough to pay the bills, but I had roommates. So like but you and you've seen my dad's house. Uh, I had Rachel and I had the main room. and then Matt Lane, I don't know if you remember him. Uh, and his girlfriend had the room directly across from the main room. okay. And then off to the left, uh, Julie Sandal and Chris sense. Perdomo, her boyfriend, had that room. And we didn't have any money, so
0: three couples living in yeah. there. Jesus. Um
1: cuz I well we were like
0: Yeah, no. I, I was gotta...
1: making 10 dollars an hour doing yeah, long care yeah, yeah. and I was like I'm making good money, you know.
0: Yeah. Those um, are the days. <laughs> so we would
1: just drink Captain and Kool-Aid cuz we had no money to really buy anything. So it was, we would eat ramen and and drink Captain and Kool-Aid and play Monopoly every night. That's what we did. And it was it was great. It was like some of the best times of my life because yeah. it was just so simple and easy. And you always had good people around you, good friends. Um that's wild. yeah, and I don't know. It was, it was a good part of my life.
0: That's that's really funny. What how old or when do you have your second son? 2013. So okay, so there's big age difference. There. Yeah,
1: <laughs> eleven years, I want to say. Yeah, okay.
0: Um So then, I well, I'm curious because you said I'm, if I'm doing like timelines right, when you get divorced in 20 or 2006, so your your kid's like five or six at that point. Four. Four. Uh, he
1: was born in 2000 and 2002. Okay. So then we actually we moved to Florida August of 2007. Oh. So the divorce was finalized July of 2007.
0: So then you moved to Florida.
1: Yeah. Well, that's. <laughs>
0: What's in Florida?
1: My mom and oh, okay. my brother is the only family I had left, right? Oh yeah. And they both moved down there, and uh,
0: are they still down there.
1: Actually, they are. Yeah, uh, Nate okay. moved back <laughs> here for several years, but he had just he just moved down there January. So. What part of Florida? Are they uh, do you know where Daytona is? Yeah. yeah. So just north of Daytona, a town called Flagler.
0: Okay. Crazy.
1: Yep. So yeah, and I lived down there for seven years. Wow. Yeah, and those were like the best times of my life.
0: It Did you was. feel like you had to kind of develop a new social circle when you, like, had a kid at 18? Because <laughs> like, you got to think the people you're hanging out with three months prior, you know, you're, like, you were going to raves with, and then you're, like, <laughs> having parties, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. Like, within a year, your dad's dead, you're a single dad. I can't imagine you keeping the same partying 18 no yeah olds, so. and,
1: i mean again we were partying at the house but we weren't going out anymore and and yeah it was there was a, a few different transitions there there was the wave yeah. party people <laughs> and then you know i turned 18 and it was hanging out with all the bouncers at the club yeah. um and then matt or trent's born and it's now hanging out with chest people at work because i wasn't i didn't there was about a year there that maybe less than a year six months where i was work and come home and sleep work come home and sleep didn't do anything just worked yeah. uh, and then after my dad died it was rachel and matt lane and julie sandal and that group but we all lived together so what's yeah. the point of going anywhere yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's just a natural kind of like organic progression
0: yeah. well I, I was just wondering because you know it's an obstacle my wife and I deal with right now, we're like, we're one of the only couples left that doesn't have kids. So, and you tend to just, I feel like hang out with people that have kids when you have kids. Yeah. Uh, so, but you're doing that at a time when no one else around you. And yeah, he was like, he was
1: like, a. Like a little add on, like I would still be doing all the stuff I wanted to do yeah. that I could afford to do,
0: yeah,
1: uh, and just would just bring him along, okay. And he was just part of it, you know.
0: Does Florida make everything a little easier too because your family's there? Absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I moved in with my mom for about a year and okay. that was a
0: huge difference. Do you feel like a kid for a minute again? <laughs> like, were you able to recapture some of the? I'm 18. pre <laughs> uh, a, a little
1: bit, but not really because it's right. – um, I worked in Orlando but lived in Flagler. It was 65 miles to get to work, so 130 yeah. miles every day. Uh, so a lot of driving, two hours on the road. And, again, it was the same thing. I'd wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go to work, and I'd get home at 6 o'clock at night. And I'm still paying for a house in Michigan. It was 2007, 2008, so, like uh. – Everything's crashing. I couldn't sell the house. I actually lost it. Dad the couldn't
0: pay it off before he gave it to you? No, no, it was the opposite. So the
1: house was paid off. He didn't pay his taxes for like 10 years. Oh. Maybe not that long, but it was ridiculous. Like The yeah. the day after, a week after he died, there was a, a notice on the door saying, if you don't pay these taxes by like March 1st, we're, we're auctioning the house. So we had to get a mortgage to pay the taxes on the house. Oh, yeah, and the mortgage wasn't even that... I mean, looking back, it wasn't well, that much. It was like $50,000 to the mortgage, yeah, right?
0: 18 yeah. Yeah, 18
1: <laughs> years old. Who has $50,000? I didn't <Yeah>. have $50. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, I guess I'm going to OCC just so I can get them loans. <laughs> you're <notes. laughs> like, what's that? Classes are $700 and you're giving me four grand? Perfect. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, oh, so, th- so that house, you lost that house to the bank?
1: Yep. Couldn't sell it because I couldn't sell any house at that time. Yeah. So it was, I couldn't afford. Like I was trying to pay it, pay for it, but I really couldn't trying to pay for all these other things and then travel, whatever to work. And so like, there's no, just no money. So I just would go, go to work and come home. Um, At the time I was doing workers' compensation insurance and we would get vendors that would come in like maybe once a month, twice a month, and they would do a happy hour. And that was my social time was (laughs) getting free food and booze from these vendors. Yeah, it was amazing.
0: That's funny. Um, are you in Florida when you have the second kid?
1: No. Uh, I met Angela, which was my second wife up here. Okay. So she lived up here. I was living in Florida. Uh, my friend, Brian Agamwali was getting married and I was like, I can't, sorry, I can't afford coming to the wedding. So all my friends pitched in Ted, Ken, Matt, and Brian bought me a round trip well, ticket to go nice. up there. Yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> Uh, so they bought me a ticket and so i come up here and it's the last day i'm in town and matt takes me to shorty's uh to go play some pool and have a couple beers and sure. uh they as we're playing a girl comes up and puts quarters on the table and so i start playing her and just smoke her the first game and she's like okay well let's play for drinks and i'm like okay and i don't think i shot more than two balls the next she five games you. she hustled the shit out of me
0: <laughs> And uh, That's funny.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we hit it off great right off the bat. Uh, that was in May. And then she came down in to Florida in August to come visit me. Loved it down there. I came back in October up here to, for her birthday. And then she moved down in January. So wow. it was it was pretty quick. quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, so January, she moved down. March we moved into our own house we were renting and so we were off on our own from march until um whenever uh but i wanted to get married we talked about it talked about it and i wanted to have more kids because like i love being a dad yeah trent was such a great kid yeah so i was like yeah i would love to have more
0: why why do you think that is like why why do you think i dropped him on his head no no not that part (laughs) why do you think you love being a dad do you like, is there any aspect of that? That's like you're checking boxes that your dad didn't check.
1: No, no. Um, it's more, I am doing all the things that I wanted to do as a kid, but never got to do. So it wasn't so much, it wasn't even about him or about my mom. It was, a. it really was about me. It was about like, I, you know, I'm taking, I took Trent fishing
0: like every weekend. Can I push back on that a little? Yeah, go ahead. Wouldn't it be about your mom and dad? Because if, if, as a kid, if you don't get to do those things, your parents are the reason you don't get to do shit when you're a kid. So, like, like going fishing is a good example. Like, if you wish your dad took you fishing and now you get to go fishing and take your kid. And I'm not, I, like, yeah, again, no, like, I'm not it's, throwing this out there as being like, let's talk shit about your parents. Yeah, right? But uh, I'm, I'm always curious, like, the why we do the things we but, do. And, and I
1: get where you're coming from. And it makes sense from that perspective yeah but i don't look at it that way
0: yeah no I, it's, it's I, I you don't you definitely seem like you frame it that way at all. yeah it's uh, it's
1: it was more like because there was a lot of things that as a kid i wanted to do that we just nobody did yeah. right um well, like, i imagine
0: it feels a little cathartic though like doing those activities with your with your son that you like that little like tiny Brett like wanted to do.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I don't know with Trent, we were like friends before we were father, son. Yeah. Um, and it was, I don't know. That's what, to me, what made it great was, you know, I'm experiencing that innocence again, that kids have, and you get to see the joy, you get to see the, um, just the, the the giggles and the like that excited super excited face that they get when uh when you surprise them with something. Yeah. Though that is that's what makes parenthood so so great.
0: And where is the desire to get married again?
1: So it wasn't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about marriage so much. Like (laughs) I was the one who kept putting it off, putting it off. I definitely wanted to have more kids, but I was hesitant on getting married. But I I knew that that was just the logical next step, right? Like I want to have more kids. I want to have more kids with this woman. The next step really is to get married before we do that. Cause that's, that's just what you do. There's still just
0: like the narrative you want to follow. Yeah. That's what you do.
1: Right. Like you, and this is what she wanted to do. Like, you know, she didn't really want to have kids, but she wanted to be married and the deal was she wouldn't marry me or have kids unless we moved back to Michigan. Cause this was where her family was. This is where, uh, her, her support group was. Yeah. So like, it was like kicking and screaming. (laughs) I do not want to move back there. I, and so I get really bad seasonal depression and like really bad. And in Florida, I didn't have it. It was great. It was like,
0: Summer always summer. all year yeah.
1: round, <laughs> and you kind like you kind of get that like cabin fever start like
0: yeah. oh
1: like it's winter time and you walk outside and it's seventy degrees in in February and you're like oh oh let's go to the beach <laughs> like yeah. and there's always stuff to do there like always
0: yeah
1: uh you up here you just I get locked in
0: and it's yeah. winter. Sex. hate it I hate it yeah sucks <laughs> yeah but she talked you into moving back. <laughs> she did well
1: that's i gave up that's you know one of the i think that's the only thing i resent in this life is moving back to michigan having to move back here for something that didn't work out you know it's like we got a kid out of it i did i got an amazing kid um man so he's nine years old and he's programming computers like dude you're nine and you're like like Angelina Jolie from Hackers. What's going on here, Bud? I mean, I mean, well, I guess maybe it is that good. I I don't know enough about computer programming to. Yeah. But he's like, he comes in, and he's like, Dad, look at this like video game I built real quick, I'm like.
0: Is he the ADHD one?
1: Oh, they both are. Okay. But he is. So Trip was internalized ADHD. Like he would get overwhelmed and shut in and shut down. Yeah maverick is chaos there's no other way to describe it he is like unadulterated un unfiltered chaos
0: yeah i well i only asked that too because the computer programming thing is like something i can easily see just like hyper fixating on yeah and then as a kid if you hyper you're gonna get real good at shit like it's the people that you know certain video games like you have that friend that can just do the entire level flawlessly and you're yeah. like how you? cuz it's all i do yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's uh yeah i i do that with shit still like but hyperfixation oh that's yeah, yeah you
1: well, it's, you follow the dopamine trail mm. that's what it's called it's like oh my I'm gosh thinking. like all of a sudden this is this is making me feel good let's just know everything I can about this research it 100% and buy a bunch of stuff. That's super expensive to do this thing that I'm going to do for six months and then forget all about it.
0: Um, How long are you with Mavericks? Mom?
1: We, so we were together a long time. Uh, we, she moved down in 08. We got married in 2012 and we divorced in 2020.
0: Oh, so that's, so, yeah. Yeah. Somewhat recently. You know, what's funny is, I mean, it's, three years ago now but because of the pandemic it's like that was like a month ago right
1: right it feels like that
0: that's very strange
1: but and we're still good friends like angela maverick's mom and i we live right down the street from each other and we help each other out there was just we were getting to the point where we were starting to not enjoy what the other person was doing and this was on both ends right um we were starting to kind of resent each other. We were starting to, um, hold on to things yeah. longer and longer because nothing toxic. was getting resolved. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was getting bad. I yeah. mean, not bad, bad, but you know, we were starting to argue a lot yeah. and, um, it's like, look, if we keep going down this road, we are going to end up divorced and hating each other. Why don't we just get divorced while we still like each other and can maybe salvage a friendship? Yeah. Cause um, I'm not doing this anymore, and we were both saying like, well, "I'm not doing." Is there doing an this.
0: age difference between you two?
1: No, so there's. I am older by three months. Oh, okay. So,
0: what's your just like side note? What's your relationship like with Trent's mom throughout his?
1: There's no. there's none. Okay. After I got Trent, she kind of just.
0: Oh, so he doesn't have like a relationship with her anymore.
1: No, um, he, I. I it's not that I held him back from her. Yeah, yeah. But when before, right before we moved to Florida, from Florida to Michigan, um, or two years before, I guess we'll start with there. I was like trying to talk to her, like, hey, why don't you take him for the summer? He really wants to see you. Okay, fine, but I can't pay for the ticket. Like, okay, I'll pay for the ticket there and back. This time. You know, you need to kind of be involved. Yeah. So then the next year was the same thing. And I'm like, I'm not, I can't, I can pay for him to go there, but I can't pay for both. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, let me talk to my boyfriend and get back with you. And then I hadn't heard from her. It was and then like, wild. yeah, like a whole nother year. So we moved back here in 2012. In 2013, she reaches out and she's like, oh, I saw that you're back in Michigan. Can I see Trent? It's like, no, no, you can't like he's 11 years old now and that's, you you have not been a part of his life in you know 10 years so yeah that's wild
0: i just like that's yeah I, that's the kind of shit i'm just like what I, mean, I i and i can't obviously relate to it. you can more than most people i talk to at that age having like a child yeah cuz My immediate reaction, I think I asked you that when you told me, I was like, did you want to run away? (laughs) Because like (laughs) in my mind, I was I was running away from literally everything possible at that age. Uh, And so that would have been like a huge and then I would have resented myself because I was like, oh, wait, that's what my dad did. (laughs) I (laughs) shouldn't do that. Um, So that but that's that's crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah. So as an
1: adult, though. Trent as an adult he actually went and lived with his mom for a few months from September of yeah September of last year I want to say until January or February of this year okay so he just moved out of there and uh
0: so Is she and she's in Michigan
1: yeah okay. yep she lives in Holly gotcha. and it didn't sound like that was going well for either one of them so yeah. he yeah he's like oh I'm, I'm gonna get out of here while i still can wow
0: that's crazy yep having a 21 year old yeah (laughs) that's that's nuts uh i'm curious throughout all of this throughout your life um especially given your dad and very relatable what's your relationship like with alcohol (laughs) And how do you, how do you view alcohol? I mean, your dad died from drinking, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh,
1: my whole family are very active drinkers, right. Yeah. Um, and, and I was too for a long time, but not, I always tried to keep an eye on it because of, cause of my dad. Yeah. So, you know, up until about three, four years ago, you know, I was drinking socially twice a week, you yeah. know? Uh, not I would never really like I may have a glass of whiskey after a long hard day or a beer after whatever but yeah. um, I always looked at it as it's it's a social thing right uh, and because I would watch my dad like get off of work and yeah. just was that up. like
0: a rule you kind of made for yourself like if I'm drinking alone that's going in the problem category <laughs>
1: no Um. I, I looked at I always looked at it as like if i have to drink every day then it's a problem okay and and i think doing all of those drugs when i was younger <laughs> getting I'll, it out of the way <laughs> yeah well it allowed me to see at a at, at a younger age like when how to start identifying when things become problems yeah. like when you're no longer being or it's no longer in in moderation yeah um, cause I was like that with pot for a long time when I was a kid, yeah. when I was a kid, God, when I was eight, you know, 17 years <laughs> yeah, yeah, old, yeah. but, um, yeah, it, it was like calling people up. Hey, I need, you know, where can I get some pot taking back beer cans so I can go buy an, you know, an aider. And I'm like, that was a problem. Like yeah. my whole life was revolving around this drug. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. So it was trying to identify that factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think like after quitting smoking, that was I was like, if I can quit smoking cigarettes, I can quit anything. like anything. That is the hardest thing I've ever done. and you know, nothing faces me at this point.
0: yeah. Cigarettes are the only thing that I truly within my soul miss. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm same. I just really enjoyed that feeling of like inhaling smoke, yeah, and exhaling and like, especially, you know, talking about winter and when winter sucks, like, I, there's something great about smoking a fucking cigarette in like 30 degree oh, yeah that's
1: where it i don't know it makes your whole lungs feel like they're being like hugged by a cloud of tobacco
0: this is in this podcast sponsored by parliament lights uh so yeah that's just funny so but you said up until a few years ago did something change drinking wise did you quit drinking then
1: um no i i, oh, okay. I have not quit drinking i just don't drink nearly as much okay um so angela was that was one of the issues we were having was she was starting to drink not a lot but when she drank it was in excess and it's like like then two days of being hung over and laying in bed and i'm like like "Ah, come on you gotta you can't let this happen to you and I'm just watching this happen, and then you know, starting to get upset with her, and well,
0: that's got to be triggering. To a bunch yeah, of it was. It was a break, little, you know. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So it wasn't the only reason, but it was like one of the reasons. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm like, you do you see yourself when you're like this, and I hate to say that, I don't, know, I don't know, but
0: yeah, no, I mean that's, I I have friends in that same situation. It's just and it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and so I quit drinking 2019. And it sucks to see it and know that like, they're the ones that got to do something about it. Yeah, you th- can say that- whatever you want to them. Yep, <laughs> and it doesn't fucking water. matter. Yep. Uh, that's the, sh- that's the shittiest part. Cause you got people around you that can see it and they can say the nicest or meanest or most aggressively, whatever they want to try to get you to like realize it or stop or whatever. And Nope. Well, that's so all you can do
1: is let them know your thoughts yeah. they can take it or leave it and then you need to decide is that a behavior that you can accept being around yeah. and if it is then cool keep hanging out with them but if it's not then you you separate yourself you know yeah, yeah. but you can't you can't get frustrated my mom gave me the best piece of advice ever and this is like a mantra in my life you can't expect more out of somebody than what they're willing to give And she was talking about my father when she brought this up. And this was how she got over uh, all the bad, whatever, because they were really good friends by the time he died. Um, Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but it was because she had to set her boundaries for herself. And my dad, like I said, was very empathetic. He was like, take it or leave it. Didn't really care that much about a lot of things because that's just who he was, right? Um, Yeah and there's a whole reason behind it but we're not going to get into that <laughs> but she would get so frustrated cuz she's like sam why don't you do this sam why aren't you doing this and it's because he wasn't able to give it so she she was expecting more out of him yeah. she's like i need you know i expect this I expect this and it's just he wasn't able to give that so that was a lot of their turmoil and uh, and in fact if you if you look back on any tumultuous relationship you've ever had in your life you're going to find that it comes down to expectations <laughs> and either you letting down that person or that person letting you down yeah. because you had expectations they didn't live up to it so it's you know if you if you don't if you can't expect or don't expect more out of them than what they're able to give or willing to give you're not you're not going to set the bar that high yeah. because it's they just can't and it's part of it is forgiveness for them and acceptance of them part of it is is trying not to judge people um and, and part of it is is, understanding your own limitations and your own boundaries
0: yeah yeah that's uh lessons for everybody
1: yeah (laughs) so here i am daddy brad over here giving giving dad advice
0: 21 years of experience why the fuck not uh well i mean that 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 feels like a good spot to (laughs) is there anything i didn't bring up you wanted to talk about no we're good all right let's start the gi joe podcast and (laughs) uh well thanks man No, thank you. I appreciate you bringing me over here and having me on your show. And yeah, I'm I'm glad I could find out what was going on those last twenty some years. Right, that's crazy. You and I have lots in common. My request is Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just listened to my interview with Brett Jordan do you guys like that and it's great the parallels between my life and his life blew my mind like the the divorce the alcoholic father the alcoholic father that died the older brother the toys the tv shows like it's crazy and, and then he was there for like such specific moments in my childhood that like no one else i know was around for uh like the, the boy scout stuff and everything it's just crazy so it was, it was really it was just wild to catch up with him, and I'm super happy that he he reached out, and I I I've been blown away by the amount of people that reach out. You know, I I typically am the one that's reaching out to people and being like, hey, you're interested in this, and I posted on Facebook, you know, only a few interviews left this season, and would anybody like to sit down? And so many people responded. It's wild. I think I'm gonna start recording for next season already, but uh. Thank you to Brett and thank you to you guys for listening. And I hope you uh, stick around. We got some fun stuff coming up this summer. And I think like three interviews left for this season. And then the summer series starts. That's crazy. Season four is almost over. What the fuck? Oh my God. All right. That is all. I will talk to you guys soon. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Okay. Bye-bye.